So today we're talking about client onboarding processes for agencies. And I'm really excited to have Sarah Bacon, the founder of Command C on the show. Um, Command C is basically an e-commerce agency that helps clients sell more and stress less. Uh, I love that tagline. So Sarah, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So we're going to kick things off, I think, by maybe um, defining onboarding and sort of calling out like why agencies are pretty terrible at onboarding and why that's such a pervasive issue. Yeah. So the way I see it, onboarding is the process by which you not only bring a client into the environment of working with your agency and share with them, set expectations with them about what that's going to be like, but also um, set the expectations for each individual process that they're going to go through with your agency. Um, So for example, you know, we have one onboarding process when we build a new site for a client and then we re onboard them when they engage in a retainer process because those, processes are really different. And um, I've found it incredibly important to work with clients to help them understand what they're getting into before just throwing them into it. Right, right. That's really smart, though. I mean, the the fact that you're separating it, it sounds like it would be common sense. But I think a lot of agencies struggle with onboarding in general. So having Mm -hmm. two separate processes for project based versus retainer based, um, that's, that's great. Um, Now, I think one of the things that we've talked about in the past is those clients that kind of give some pushback about using your systems and your processes and they feel like they're paying you, you should kind of bend over backwards to sort of accommodate them. Um, So you have some pretty strong feelings about that and I like to chat about that a little bit. Yeah, I do. Um, I think it kind of comes back to like the idea of like the client is always right mentality. And, um, you know, I have so much respect for our clients, but I don't necessarily get down with the idea that they're always right. Um, We're an agency, we work with multiple clients at any given time. And my goal is to give our clients the very best you know, product, but also experience that they can have when engaging us. And as a team, if we're all using disparate methodologies, it becomes extremely difficult to standardize anything and have quality control over the experience that we're giving to our clients. I'm like the thing that I am the most obsessed with in my business is my client's experience and journey through working with Command C. Um, And, you know, if they're running the show, then they're kind of getting to dictate that journey. And it's really important to me that we have some quality control over what that journey is. And um, I would say that overall, when we explain why we do what we do to our clients, um, they get it. Um, There are certain clients who are just either so big or so bureaucratic that you can't penetrate their systems and processes. And for us, like sometimes those aren't the best clients Um, because we've been doing this for a really long time and we're we're clear about what works and what doesn't work. Right, right. And they're also coming to you for your expertise. I mean, if they could build a really robust e-commerce site, then they do it in-house, right? So they're coming to you and that that guidance and part of that whole process is, is really important to the success for both of you. 
Yeah. And so much of what we're actually selling is the process, right? Like these things are so big. They're so nuanced. They're so complex. And the management of these things is like, you know, more than half the battle I find. Um, So that's just my perspective. Um, And I think it's just incredibly important to communicate why you're doing what you're doing. It's not like just for the sake of doing it one particular way. It's to achieve the outcome that we're all looking for. Right, right. Um, But you actually bring up a really good point because I think a lot of clients have this sense in the back of their head that you're kind of pigeonholing them into this one system or this one way just because it's what you do. And explaining that to them, I think, very, very early on in the process, even during the prospecting, um, to see how open they are to those things. I think that's really important. It is important. And I guess um, my experience is, is just that, like, and maybe this just comes with the age of an agency, but we don't get as much pushback on those kinds of things as we did when we were younger. And maybe it's not just age of eight the agency, but also age of the industry. Yeah. Uh, I find that clients get our kind of onboarding documentation and they're like, yes, thank you. Like, thank you for selling this out in advance. And, um, my overall kind of just sense of the trajectory of that kind of pushback is that it's diminished. Yeah. Well, I think the, the diminishing of that pushback is because at the end of the day, this is a really, um, complex process right so going back to the fact that they're hiring you as the expert you know you're you guys are like the it team for e-commerce but this also transcends into any other creative process right whether you're doing social media or branding or pr it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be obviously relegated to technology i agree and not to get like too philosophical in this conversation i'm all about it (laughs) okay I think, you know, I've always experienced since the day I started my business or since the day I became a professional in the creative world that um, people have a lack of respect for creatives. Like it's just they think that they can do it on some level or they should be able to do it themselves on some level. Um, And my experience is that once we earn the client's respect, which we've learn to do very quickly now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. a non-issue, but until you earn the client's respect, they're always going to feel a lack of control right. and that they're, they have this huge thing riding, you know, on the line. And if they can't trust, if you don't get their trust quickly, it's always going to be a struggle. Right. But the, the trust, just to kind of build on that, like the trust is really because they are, there is so much riding on this and they're scared. So at the end of the day, like when you really dig into it, it's fear based. And so they need to trust that you guys are going to like knock it out of the park. Totally. And that's exactly why I'm obsessed with onboarding, (laughs) you know, because it's when the client is like, oh, they have done this before. Oh, they have a really clear process for this that we earn their trust. You know, I have experienced recently. Oh, um, we're, you know, working with a marketing agency. And so I get to like have the flips, the script flipped a little bit. And I'm really watching like how, you know, this is a brand new thing for me. And I get this experience of like delving into this really like big commitment, this brand new thing. And, um, 
how they communicate what we're going to do is really interesting. Um, it's, it's, I I have no idea what I'm getting into really, but I trust them. So I'm doing it, but that's that nuance of like, and I think that, you know, in the beginning you opened saying like, this is something that agencies like sort of notoriously do terribly is this whole idea of onboarding. And I think that it's because it's so, what we do is so difficult and the process is so challenging and ever changing and big that it's hard to have space for remembering that the client has their own experience and the client's never done this before. It's such a good point to lose sight of the client. And that's why like my biggest obsession, like I said, is like, what is the client's experience through this journey? Right. Right. So let's dive into that a little bit and get um, some specifics around what that journey looks like for clients at command C and you know, how you've kind of built these processes around to ensure that they have that great experience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it starts with writing out the process, like every little detail of when we bring and not like the, te- it's not technical. It's the actual, like what we do when we get a new client, what are the things that need to be communicated to them? And in what order do those things need to be communicated to them? Cause that's really important too. What are the tools that they're going to use? Like one of the things that we do is we give them a communication strategy. We, and it's simply a document that says, here's the plethora of tools we use. Here's when and how to use them. Um, we separate out like when to use email versus when to use Basecamp. Um, you know, because the client is getting all these tools that they may have may or may or may not have used in the past. Right. For, and if they have used them, they may have used them differently. I mean, internally, we've had many conversations around when should we use email versus Slack versus Basecamp. Right. And so if we want the client to be, you know, abiding by those rules, too. We have to communicate that to them. And that's just like a, you know, tiny piece of our overarching process. But um it's it's and then we build documentation around that and then we try to simplify it right like what what's overly granular um what are like what's the essence of what they need to get to feel like you know they're crossing a suspension bridge with handrails right so um client signs up with you yeah what what other than so is it like an initial packet that you're giving them is it um um, kind of phased out throughout the process? Like, what are you giving them at kickoff? Like what, give me a little bit more in terms of the specifics. So it does depend a little bit on the nature of the project and the type sure. of, client. um, but overarchingly we give them our documentation. And this is sort of how we do things in general is instead of just kind of jumping into a presentation, we always give clients documentation first. We send a proposal first, Um, We want them to like sit with it and marinate on it and like just kind of be immersed in what we're communicating to them. Mm -hmm. And then we'll hop on a screen share and like walk them through the documentation and be like, this is why we do these things. Um, That's really the process is we just deliver them a document that talks about what it's like to work with command C and the process we use for doing the thing that's relevant to their project. Um, And then we have a call and we talk about why and how and field any questions. Right. Right. Okay. 
So when we talked last time, um, you said something that was really interesting. I really loved it. You said our goal in the agency world is to earn and maintain client trust. So like your, your whole focus in terms of onboarding these clients um, from the beginning, and maybe that's kind of where this conversation is a little different than just what is the actual technical you know, written out process. I mean, you can find templates online. I'm sure we can, you know, maybe post something that you guys use internally. We'll post that in the show notes or something. But this whole idea of the power dynamic and setting up the relationship incorrectly from the beginning versus how it should be done, I think that's where you guys really shine. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point, and I think probably some of it was born out of necessity because we're mostly a team of women, and we've been doing this for 14 years, right. and so we've really felt like kind of the lack of trust just because we have tech leads who are women, mm-hmm. um, and that became a that's a whole nother show. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go too far into that. But, yeah, no, it's um, all good. You know, the point is that it was born out of necessity and it's something that I've been like acutely aware of since we began. Yep. Um, so, um, and there are other factors that are going into that as well that we've already brought up. These are extraordinarily large projects. There's a lot riding on them. There's especially a lot riding on them in the e-commerce world because it's not just the investment that you're making, but like the return on investment is so much more um, pressured. Um, And um, it's inherently technical. So they're hiring you to do this thing that, people don't understand that the people, you know, the, the people running the show do not understand. Right. And then they have to communicate what you're doing to the, their higher ups. Right. Um, and so, you know, from the beginning for me, it's been, I've, I recognize that. I also recognize that 90% of the jobs that we get come to us with this horrible background story. Like right. this team really screwed me over. Everybody's been burned. Yeah. Everybody, you know, and, I've modeled command C around that. Like it's just been so blatantly obvious to me from the beginning and we're really good at what we do. So it's like this thing that we inherit that doesn't belong to us. Um, and it's, it's almost like, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, It's almost like those poor experiences that the clients had, that's like added baggage that they're bringing to this relationship that you don't really deserve, but you also have to, you know, kind of navigate that and give them the trust and take back the power in the relationship, right? I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but I think, you know, because you guys are the experts and you're the one driving the initiative forward, you're guiding them. They shouldn't be guiding or dictating you. So that, and I don't like to call it a, a <laughs> like a power struggle, but there, it actually is in the beginning, especially at the beginning. It, it, it certainly is. And you have various levels of technical expertise, you know, and, and, and probably the number one phrase that we toss around as a team is emotional intelligence, because, you know, I mean, and, and you'll, you know, you brought up like our tagline is sell more stress less. I mean, we focus on rescue projects. Like <laughs> we've, we're going after projects that we know are going to be emotionally challenging just because we know the state that these people are right, right. coming to us in. But we have the chops 
to recognize like, Hey, this is what's going on and, and we can, you know, navigate this thing. Right. Um, but our number one goal when a client comes to us in trouble is how quickly can we earn their trust? How quickly can we show them? And so, you know, onboarding just to kind of like bring it back to that is one of the plethora of tools that we use to gain the client's trust back. Right. Right. Um, and I just want to wrap up the conversation talking a little bit about RFPs because you and I, I think, share, you know, this this common uh, sense about RFPs and why they're just completely, you know, setting everybody up for failure. Yeah, um, my thoughts about RFPs have changed a lot in the in the past, and I don't necessarily like as a blanket statement think that they're setting people up for failure because okay. I think that they're whole range of RFPs, you know, and, um, but what I, what I'm staunchly against is the client self-prescribing and the client telling, coming to us, like, you know, there's something that happens when you write something down, which is like, it just solidifies it. It's like, they do all this work to articulate their needs and what they think are their solutions. And then they're like fixated on that because they've like put pen to paper. Um, I'm also staunchly opposed to the idea of giving our way our, you know, (laughs) I don't know, 75 years of cumulative expertise for free. I think that that notion is just not cool. And, um, you know, I think a discovery process tailored around what the client needs are to like a client can come to us with a set of needs and we you know we don't know what the right solution is until we have several conversations with several different stakeholders and do a whole bunch of due diligence and research and um, it's oftentimes a process of elimination so you know I think that that whole kind of just typical like industry-wide acceptance of like here's a document eight agencies like put in tons of hours to respond is, is just like outdated and misguided. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really kind of like moving into that whole thing. And and this conversation really does circle around um, because it's moving into that idea that the client doesn't really know what they need. It's up to the experts to pull that information out and guide the whole process. Um, And part of that process is the discovery. It's the onboarding. It's, the trust, it's, it's all of it. Right. Um, so really interesting. And so any of the, um, templates or anything that you can provide about, you know, your actual onboarding process, that would be great. I think that'd be really helpful for, uh, the people who are watching and listening. Um, and, uh, I just want to thank you again for joining me today on thrive and it's been great. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kelly. It's been great to be here. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.